Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? All right. What do you give for? Oh, sorry. Well, everybody who loves Jesus say amen. Amen. All right. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. Ah, some of you missed out. Attitude check. <laughs> that's better. Yeah, when the walls are shaking, that's when we're really praising the Lord. Well, well, okay. Now, I know we have one birthday. Phil Emley. He, he doesn't like to say it out loud, but I saw it on Facebook yesterday. He, he, he had a birthday, and he's a day older. <laughs> 51. He's a pup. 61. <laughs> I, I'm coming up on 61 in August. Mm. All right. Any other birthdays? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Amen. All right. <laughs> Anybody selling, uh, celebrating an anniversary this past week? No anniversaries? Okay then. Uh, our announcements, uh, the men's meeting will be hosted here tomorrow night. Uh, at 6.30 is the meal, and at 7.30 will be the, uh, the meeting. So uh, we'll have, uh, there's chips already out there on the table, and uh, all of the other things will be coming in during the day tomorrow or Maybe some tonight, we don't know. But anyway, the food will be here. And hopefully we'll have as many as 40, uh, 40 men from the... How many different churches are there now, Bob? Do you remember? Eight or nine, anyway. Uh, at least eight or nine churches, maybe more. And from three or four counties now. And uh, Jimmy Butters will be our speaker tomorrow night. He will also be the speaker here on the... 26th of this month. That's the last Sunday of the month. So he'll be the speaker uh, that Sunday. Mike will be your speaker next Sunday. Uh, Mike Higgins. <laughs> Don't want to give you a heart attack there. <laughs> Mr. Hurley. De didn't want to give you a heart attack. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Praise the Lord. Uh, our opening hymn this morning is one of my favorites, Holy, Holy, Holy. Brother Bob, you want to lead us? Let's turn to hymn number two. Number two. I was going to ask everybody, hello? Hello? 
going to ask everyone to stand, but somebody beat me to it. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Let's, let's sing. Amen. Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father, we come before you who art holy, 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 merciful and mighty. You are God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. We come because you are all these things plus so much more. You are our all in all. Without you, we are nothing. And we're so grateful that with you, all things are possible. Even a sinner like me can be saved. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue to be with us this morning. Bless and fill our hearts with your love, with your mercy, with your grace. Lord, help us to Resist the temptation to focus on anything except you this morning. And may we be a blessing as heaven 
looks down and watches this service this morning, may we bring glory and honor that they can shout glory yes. in heaven. We ask it in Jesus' name. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. may be seated. And let's turn to number 68. 68, we were there, weren't we? No, we're up. Number 68, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Our communion hymn will be number 313 at Calvary.
Mike Higgins has our meditation this morning. matter do I matter when I leave this earth will my life have made any difference have you ever asked yourself these questions I have to admit that I am much nearer to the end of my life on this earth than the beginning I've had occasions to look back and see what I have accomplished with my life if I choose I can view the negatives all the things I failed to achieve. At this point, I suspect it's extremely unlikely that I will become President of the United States. I doubt that I will ever become a pro basketball star. I can assure you that I will not be a professional singer. While we can laugh at, about such things, I suspect the reality can be more serious. Have you ever asked yourself if you mattered, if you were important, if it would even make a difference that you ever lived? We live in a culture that worships the exceptional thing of the sports figure, the movie star, the business ty tycoon, the rich, and the famous. But who influences society more than a glamorous movie star or a teacher who molds the life of a child a research scientist who discovers a new treatment for the disease, or one who shares the gospel message with someone else who is lost in every meaning of the term. Far too many people look at them, themselves and see nothing worthwhile and become discouraged or even give it to despair. Yet our Lord speaks forcefully to that attitude in Matthew the 10th chapter, verses 29 and 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than sparrows. How much are you worth? We only need to look at the cross to see how much Amen. God thinks you are worth. Today we remember Jesus and try to understand something of the magnitude of his love. At the same time, take a moment to consider that he would not have gone through it unless he believed that you are worth it and that you matter. And if God considers you worthwhile, you are valued by the only ones whose opinion accounts. And remember, Christ, as we take the Lord's Supper, Remember his love, but also remember that he loves you especially and that you do matter. Let us pray. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, we know that we do matter in your eyes. Yes. And Father, we know that you do care about us. And Father, we come this morning in your house to worship you in spirit and in truth and to come around your tables to remember you 
and what you have done, how you died upon Calvary's cross. And dear Lord, as we take of this loaf today, we represent your broken body and the cup represents the blood that you shed upon Calvary's cross. And dear Father, let's remember as we take of these emblems what you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take a, a moment to just meditate, think of these things that Mike just shared with us, and to think of the goodness of God, and if there is anything that we need to set right with him, let's do it in this time. night before Jesus was crucified he was together with the disciples in the upper room and at the end of the meal he took bread he broke it and he passed it and he said this is my body given for sin of man take eat all of you Likewise, afterwards, he took the cup, he passed it. He says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. For this is the blood, my blood, in the new covenant given for you. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from Let's remain standing for the uh, praise hymn, Heaven Came Down. Bob, you want to lead or you want me to? Go ahead. Okay. It's number 297 in the hymn book if you follow along there. Heaven Came Down.
Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. Brother John Klimek is coming come and do a special for us. Praise the Lord. So the Monday after I gave my uh, testimony here last month, uh, I heard the song on the radio. Monday morning, I'm heading to work with tears rolling down my eyes and their face. And, wow. Uh, and it uh, kind of goes along with um, Mike's communion meditation, too. So. Amen. It's funny how God does that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was just asked last week to sing, so hopefully I've only had a week to prepare this. And So here we go. You had a plan for me. Even though I couldn't see it, you had a hope and a promise for my life. I never walked alone, but I struggled to believe it. Every step I took, you never left my side. Oh, every step I took, you never left my side. Your relentless love Ever chasing me Your amazing grace Has opened my eyes And now I can see I tried to run away But my life was a disaster there's not a broken dream that you cannot redeem. Amen. You never turned away, though I gave you every reason. What you started, you were faithful to complete. Amen. Oh, what you started, you were faithful to complete. Your relentless love ever chasing me your amazing grace has opened my eyes and now i can see when i fell down you picked me up when i was not you were enough when i was bound you set me free at my worst you did not leave when I was darkness, you were light. When I was dead, you breathed new life. God, you changed my destiny. And now the only thing I see, your relentless love ever chasing me, your amazing grace you open my eyes and now I can see your relentless love ever chasing me your amazing grace has opened my eyes and now I can see you had a plan for me even though I couldn't see it, you had a hope and a promise for my life. Amen. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. Now, some of you may not know it, but not too long ago, John would never have even thought about getting up in front of people doing something like that. See what God can do. <laughs> uh, all right, I, uh, during the announcement time, I forgot something. Uh, I have a note here from Brother Herman uh, to go along with the other ones you got. Well, I'll make sure you get this one. Wilma just shared some thank you notes that the church had received during our last business meeting. So here's another one. Dear friends at Lexington Christian Church, thank you for the opportunity you gave me to share about what the Lord has been doing overseas. The time is winding down for my trip as I will be leaving Indiana this coming Tuesday. The last week is pretty hectic with getting things done at home tying up loose ends, arranging the schedule, and packing. We do know that many have been praying for us, and we are grateful, very grateful. Thank you so much for your financial and moral support. They help us to go and reach precious souls. Often the answer to those prayers come in the form of miracles and acceptance of Jesus as Savior. You are also in our prayers. We pray for his miracles for you daily. Thank you for your sacrifices for his kingdom, and we covet your prayers for his anointing and strength to complete the task laid out before us. God bless you. Herman. So we are grateful that we get to participate in his ministry. All right. Is anybody in here happy in Jesus? Okay, just a couple of you anyway. <laughs> All right. Look around, see who's not here, and let's make some phone calls this week and check on some people. Okay? Uh, I see that uh, Jan's not here, and uh, uh, Laverne and Luke are not here, so uh, I'll try to find out what's going on. All right. God is good. All the time. Okay, we're ready to uh, get started with our message this morning. And we'll read from Mark chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. And the topic is all everybody's favorite. It's about divorce. <laughs> all right. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him and was as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let, not man, let man not separate. 
When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of God. This is a topic that everybody loves. I know they do because every time I mention it, I see (laughs) all these long faces. Because in our society today, as sad as it is, over half of marriages end in divorce. And I was one of them. (laughs) So I understand this topic. Uh, I still don't like it, (laughs) but I understand it. Many people uh, choose poorly. That's really the basis of, of a lot of problems and divorces. They choose poorly to begin with. And you, you end up with someone who you really are not compatible with because you didn't take the time to get to know the person the way you should have. I can speak from experience, folks, so... <laughs> I'm telling you what I know. Uh, not that doesn't make that person a bad person. It just makes them a bad match for you. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes there's things that you don't take into consideration when you're thinking about marriage, and you end up finding out later on that there are things that you just absolutely cannot uh commit yourself to for the other person and that creates friction creates a problem because you didn't take the time to figure that out before you said I do now what Jesus is doing here is a little different because he's still preaching and teaching and and traveling around and performing miracles and he comes to this place And the crowd of people comes with him, and it says, as was his custom, because a crowd came to him, he began to teach them. I mean, that's what a rabbi is intended to do. He's a teacher. So when a crowd comes and wants to know something or wants to hear something from you, then that's what a good rabbi, a good teacher will do. They will begin to teach the people the truths of life, the truths of the word of God. And so, as usual, the Pharisees come along and have to challenge him. Oh, we don't like him as being called a rabbi. We don't like him teaching people. So let's just take control of this situation. So they ask a question. Testing him. You know, (laughs) there's so many times that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes come up to Jesus and tested him. You would think after a while they would learn their lesson. He always puts them in their place every single time. But they just refuse to give up. They, they're going to find a way in their hearts and in their mind. They're determined. They're going to find a way to prove to the people that he's not what you think he is. But every time... They just create an opportunity for him to show that he is who he claims to be. That's the way the devil works, folks. He's always trying to make you think things that you shouldn't think against God instead of for him. Or even if you don't think it's against God, it's for yourself more than for God. 
But when we use the word of God properly, when we know who he is and we have that attachment to him from love, from inner, inner love, we don't listen to the lies. We just say, Satan, shut up. Go back home. <laughs> I know who Jesus is. You can't change. You can't besmirch him to me. <laughs> and so this is one of those cases where the Pharisees challenge it. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Now, you know, this was a topic that was a hot topic in that day even. Because there were two leading rabbis of the day. And the two of them had a different opinion about the subject of divorce. And that's why it became such a hot topic. One said, the only reason that you can get a divorce in the eyes of God is if they are, uh, if they are unfaithful to you. The other one, though, said, well, uh, you can get a divorce for any reason. If the Bible says in the wording, it says, if you find any unpleasantness in her or displeasure in her, you can divorce her. Now, if you go back to that scripture back in uh, Deuteronomy Leviticus, it does say that. It says, if she doesn't please you. But... That's a poor interpretation because what it actually should say is if she's unfaithful. That's why she's unpleasing is because she's unfaithful. She's, she has cheated on you. Now, the sad thing is, is that it doesn't say the same thing about a man. However, it's implied What's fair for the goose is fair for the gander. But many men have used that over the years as an excuse to do what they want and expect a woman to just like it or live with it. Oh, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, but there was a time in my early years in ministry when a man was treating his wife that way and I cornered him in a meeting, and when he left with a black eye, he didn't want to do it anymore. And I, I am ashamed of that. I should never have come to that. But I was so upset because this man was trying to use the scripture to convince me what he was doing was okay. So I became enraged, <laughs> and I punched him. But he became a better husband after that. God uses strange things sometimes. So, you know, folks, women at this time were considered chattel. You were a possession. We read in the Old Testament about men having all of these other wives, you know, 10, 12. I mean, King Solomon and had so many wives and so many porcupines, as little children like to say, concubines. Uh, it, it was just sickening. However, those cult, in that culture, those were ways of showing that you were uh, able, capable, and wealthy. 
You, you were able to lead and, and, and you built, you had an army of your own family was an army. And so in the culture, those things were accepted. Now in today's culture, it's changed a little bit. We don't accept that quite as much. Now we still have some uh, religions who try to promote that it's okay to have multiple wives. And unfortunately, now we're beginning to see that the world is beginning to accept different things. I saw uh, <laughs> that, that, that there was watching uh, a, a video of America's Got Talent. And this guy, I mean, what he did was good, but then he, <laughs> he talks about his partner's. And one of the judges says, excuse me, it sounded like you said partners with an S. And he, he said, yeah, my wife and I met this other woman and we loved her. And so she's now part of our, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm done with this. I don't I can't even watch AGT anymore because the homosexuals and all the other stuff is gets, it's just sickening. I can't do it. Can't see it. But Jesus was lifting women up here because women were, were being told that, you know, if you burn my meal, I'm going to divorce you. That's what they did. If you burn my toast, you're out of here. I'm done with you. I'm not putting up with that. This is grounds for divorce. And according to one of the leading rabbis of the day, that was okay. And you could go to him and he would approve it. Now you go to the other one, you've got a problem. <laughs> he would tell you, no, I'm sorry. Uh, guess what they did? They switched churches. <laughs> Imagine that. It's always been going on. People always look for an easy way to do what they want to do. I had a man come to me one time and, and, and told me that... God told him to divorce his wife and marry this younger woman who was already married. I said, no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. I heard him very clearly. I said, you may have heard something, but it didn't come from God. I said, I can show you in the scripture. It's very clear. God says, I hate divorce. So he's never going to tell someone to get a divorce. Well, I didn't see him in church anymore. And he divorced his wife. And he broke up the other marriage and made a mess. A couple years later, they were getting a divorce. <laughs> Imagine that. When we go down the road of sin, folks, it doesn't end well. Doesn't end well. There's always consequences for our actions. And that's what Jesus is saying. He comes back with this what did Moses command you? Or what did Moses say? In some versions it says. And then these Pharisees, well, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. So they're trying to use, again, the law of Moses as a legitimate reason to get a divorce 
if you decide you want a new model, you know, I don't like this one. I want to trade, I want to trade this 40-year-old in for two 20-year-olds, you know. <laughs> you ain't wired for 220? <laughs> so, you know, I mean... This is the way things were going at that time. And sadly, we're returning to that here. Easy divorce. Easy divorce. You, you know, there was a time, I understand, I never lived during that time, but I understand there was a time when divorce was a thing that was very difficult to get, to get approved. You had to have a real legitimate reason like fear for your life. <laughs> uh, in order to be approved to get a divorce. But now, you don't even have to have a reason. You just say, I want a divorce. Okay, sign here. Wow, no wonder divorce rates are so high. Jesus was not, he's not in favor of that. And he even says, the reason why Moses allowed you to do that was because your hearts are hard. In other words, because you're unwilling to forgive. You're unwilling to really love somebody enough to work through the difficult times with them, to put up with what you don't like in order to work together to come to an understanding where you both can be happy in a situation together. The word that a lot of people don't like today is called commitment. They don't like to commit to anything. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the pews are not filled. People want to come to Jesus, but they don't want to make a commitment to him. They don't want it to be a part of their life forever. They just want to, they, they want to be using Jesus as, as fire, fireproof insurance, you know. I don't want to go to hell, but I also don't want to live for Jesus. So I will, I will accept him. Yeah, I'll go forward and say that prayer and, and say I love Jesus and I want him. But don't ask me to come to church. Don't ask me to do anything at the church. Uh, just don't bother me. I'm not, that, I'm, not, I'm not committed like that. I didn't promise I would do all that stuff. I just don't want to go to hell. Now, a lot of people won't say it that way. But by their actions... That's exactly what they're showing. I know because I used to be one of them. I didn't want to commit to Jesus. I wanted to be able to go out and play and have fun. But I didn't want to go to hell either. <laughs> I wanted to do what I want to do and then be able to say, I'm sorry, Jesus. And expect to go to heaven. That's not the way it works. It may work that way for a while, but eventually Jesus will let us know that he doesn't appreciate how we're treating him. I mean, just think about that. If you treated your spouse that way, well, I'll marry you, but I'm not necessarily going to be faithful. I'm not necessarily going to be here all the time. I, I, may, I may go you know, visit another woman and spend a year or two with her and then come back. But you be faithful, but I don't necessarily have to be. That's what we want to do to Jesus a lot, folks. Sorry. That's just a fact. Huh. Jesus said that's not what Moses meant. 
It's because you're unwilling to love like you should love. You're unwilling to make that commitment. You're unwilling to stand together and make things work. Out of love, out of forgiveness, out of grace, out of mercy that I extend to you. When you come to me, I give you mercy. I give you grace. And that part of me, as you receive my Holy Spirit, that part of me lives inside of you that you're supposed to use during these situations. But you don't. You just follow the flesh and your fleshly desires. You don't listen to the Holy Spirit. You have hard hearts. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, I don't see any LGBTQ, uh, IA+. I see male and female. I don't see any of that other uh, alphabet people garbage in here. I'm sorry. I just, there's no such thing. Not in God's world. Now, in reality, there is male and female. But in other people's minds, there's more than that because the devil put that thought in their mind. I don't have to be a man or a woman. I can be whatever I want to be. And unfortunately, we have evil people in charge in rulership right now that are allowing all of this stuff and encouraging it. That comes directly from the pit of hell. You know... Jonathan Kahn has addressed our president directly and told him that if he doesn't repent, he's going to hell. I second that. Mr. President, if you don't repent, you are headed to hell. I hope and pray that you will hear this message and that you will repent and change before it's too late. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) Uh, How do the two become one? You become one in spirit. It's, it's It's a spiritual union. Before God. Why do people want a preacher to marry them? Well, because we want our marriage to be blessed. You want your marriage to be blessed by God, but you don't want to do the things of God to receive those blessings, to honor him because of those blessings. So I'm sorry, they're not going to last. However, if you get married and you really mean it, you really love this person and, and you're sincere and you're making this commitment before God and man, you're saying, till death do us part. Now, I know there are people who say, okay, I'll just kill them. (laughs) And then I will have been faithful till they're dead. (laughs) Uh, No, (laughs) that's not what he means either, folks. I'm sorry, that's another cop-out. What he means is learn to get along. Learn how. You can solve your issues together. Don't be so selfish. Don't say, this is what I like, and if you don't like it, too bad. 
That's what I'm going to do. No, that is not the right attitude to have. You say, well, you know, how about if I do this a little here and there? And if it's not against God, and if it's not wrong, then perhaps you can all come together and make an agreement, an arrangement of some kind to where, yeah, okay, I'll work in the garage on, on this day, and I'll take you shopping and go shopping with you on that day. You work with me in the garage this day, I'll go shopping with you on that day. <laughs> I'm touching some nerves. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah, compromise is the word. We need to work together. That's what Jesus wants. I mean, wow. Everybody who's married or been married, you know that when you don't try to work together, when you don't allow forgiveness, when you don't allow for there to be a way to compromise, there's a lot of unhappiness. There's a lot of built-up anger. And over time, it can cause you to either get a divorce or to kill one another. And God doesn't want that. He wants there to be peace and harmony, and he has given us the tools to have it. And he expects us to use them and to glorify him. Am I proud that I'm divorced? No, I am not. If I had to do it over, would I do it differently? Yes, I think I would. First of all, I would probably try to be careful about who I chose. More careful. I was warned over and over again by my parents, don't do this, it's a mistake. And being a young, rebellious person, I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Y'all don't get along. <laughs> they fought all my whole life, but they stayed together. They may not have agreed on things, but they did stay together. Until my dad died. <laughs> Till death did them part, they were together. So I can't say I didn't have the example I just didn't pay close enough attention to it. But when the two become one before God, when you make that, yes, I do, commitment, that's what it is. It's a commitment. You're saying, I will put you and your needs before me and mine. That's what you're saying to each other. I will put you and your needs before mine. And both of you together are saying, we will put you and your commands before our wishes. And when we do that, when we sincerely mean before God that we will be determined to stay together, to work together, and let you be the one in charge. I'm not in charge. You're not in charge. He's in charge. But we work together, and ultimately the man is meant to be the head of the family. So in the times that there is a debate of some kind, the husband should graciously consider whether he's going to let, listen to his wife or if he thinks that it's better his way. He needs to make the decision. 
But if it turns out wrong, he also needs to own up to that. And he needs to apologize to his wife. I should have listened to you. Oh, am I digging graves here? (laughs) Got quiet. (laughs) That's the way that God meant for marriage to be. Marriage should be peace, harmony, happiness. Not all the time. There's going to be different difficulties. There's going to be challenges. Here's here's something that I don't think that a lot of people ever consider. When you're making a vow to God and to each other, the enemy is there saying, (laughs) I bet I can break this bond. And he works and he works and he works and he works to try to destroy the commitment you made to each other. And the sad thing is how many times he wins. We must honor God in all things. In our marriages especially. God made man and woman to be husband and wife right off the bat. He meant for families to be families. He meant for men to be men. He meant for women to be women. He meant for children to be brought up in a way that they learn to love God and honor him with their lives. That is the essence of society. That is what it's all about. That's why God made man and woman and the the ability to reproduce and have children to make little use. But because you're making them in your image, so to speak, that means they learn from you. Not just by what you say, but by what we do. And then when they grow up and we see them doing things, we're thinking... Man, I don't like that very much. And then we say something to them, well, you did it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. But I was hoping you wouldn't. Makes it a little difficult. So we need to live for God as an example for our children. And first and foremost, that means as husband and wife. Because if we don't set that example of a peace and harmony and unity for them when they go out and get married they don't know what to look for and they may end up divorced and married and divorced and married and divorced and married especially if mom and dad did it this is an important topic it's not the most pleasant of things to talk about and to deal with but God put it there for a reason every word that is in the word of God every word is there for a specific reason just think about where it says thou shalt not commit murder what if the word not was not there Oh, that changes everything, doesn't it? Every word.
has a meaning. Every word is important. When we read the word of God, we need to be very specific because God was very specific. And we need to realize not only what he says, but sometimes we need to think about what he did not say too. For example, when Jesus appeared in the room of the apostles and they said, oh, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. He said, no, it's me. What he did not say is there's no such thing as a ghost. Think about that. He could have said that and it would have been truth. But he didn't say it. Why? Because there are such things. Now, maybe not the way they're pictured on TV, but there are spirits. And those spirits often are demons, mostly demons. <laughs> People don't just hang around after death. The Bible says after death is judgment. Boom, you're out of here. But demons do. They're spirits. And people who get caught up in this ghost-busting garbage, all they're doing is chasing demons Amen. and taking a risk, a severe risk of being demonized and overcome and thereby lose much, if not their entire life. Because demons come to kill, to steal, and destroy one of the things they want to destroy is marriage. If they can destroy the family, they can destroy our society. Look at what's happening right now in America. They're working hard. If you don't kill your baby before it's born, then they are going to take your child at public school and teach them to be something that God never intended for them to be. If you can tell a boy he's not a boy, he's a girl... Well, he's probably not going to grow up and marry a woman and have babies together. He'll grow up and marry a man because he's a girl. And two men don't have babies together. Two women don't have babies together. I mean, just that fact ought to tell you that was not God's design. You know, it used to be that the condition that they are causing many children to have today was listed in the mental manual as a mental illness, a form of mental illness, gender dysphoria. Do you know they took that word and that disease out of the book, the diagnostic book? They removed it. Now, there's, it's not a mental illness anymore. Now it's okay. Folks, Satan is working hard to destroy the family. So we need to pray. And we need to work hard to encourage our families. And to work hard in our relationships with each other, especially husbands and wives. Do things that help us to grow in bondage to one another and to Jesus. You know, every time I counsel a, a couple that's going to get married, I always use a triangle. God is up here. 
the husband's here, the wife's here. As you get closer to God, you get closer to one another. If only one of you gets close to God, uh-oh, you got a problem. So we have to grow together in God. Amen? Amen. So, this morning, if something hit a nerve <laughs> and there's something you need to work on, something you need to confess, as we sing this hymn, I pray that you will take the time to settle it. Not just with God, but if it involves your spouse or your family, settle it with them too. If we want revival, we have to be revival. In other words, we have to do what's right in order to receive from God his blessing. If you have a need, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 361. Only trust him. Let's stand. You're already standing. Good.
time for us to uh, have our, you can, yeah, you can be seated. Time for our uh, prayer request. I have one that I heard you singing this morning, so you better join up over here. <laughs> they do. I've heard her too. We could use your, your voices. All right. Anything else? Oh, the new microwave's here. Uh, it's sitting on the stove in a box presently, but it arrived. It's going to be installed. I don't know when, but we may have to move it for now. Uh, but uh, uh, it's one that goes up over the stove. And so we could take down the current uh, fan, what you, whatever you call that. Exhaust fan and hood. There you go. Got to take the hood down, which don't throw that away, by the way. It's got a good fan motor. It's got good switches. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that'll be getting replaced. And, Mark, what did you want to do with the one that you brought in for us to use? It was Uncle Pete's. So does anybody need a microwave? Well... Mine is starting to act up, so I may just take it. It's bigger than mine. I think I can make it fit on the cabinet there. But, uh, yeah, mine, I think mine's been through too many blackouts. <laughs> Power outages. Sometimes it just didn't want to come back on. So, okay. Anything else? Oh, Troy was here. Looked at the cameras. Um, that one back there, he's going to replace sometime this week. He has a key, so he can come in and replace it. He's got some in stock, but he checked the last, that camera quit working on, I think he said August 28th of last year. Yeah, and he went and looked to make sure the power didn't get disconnected from it, and it didn't, so he said the camera's bad, but it's under warranty, so he's going to replace it, no cost. Yes? And for all of you who have made comments, uh, we, we have looked at them, and thank you, appreciate it, and I will try to make more calls and visits. Visits are difficult for me, but I'll try to make more calls. I don't like using the telephone, I really don't, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. All right. You talk to me. Yeah. A long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. You can send a text to somebody and, you know, boom, bing, it's gone. Uh, when you start talking to somebody, though, sometimes two or three hours are gone before you know it. <laughs> All right, anything else? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, Mark, I'll give you these names so that you can get them in the bulletin since I'm not going to be here to do it. And uh, again, I appreciate your prayers. I wonder if I can get out of here without tearing something up. All right. Uh, well, praise the Lord. God is good. All the time. And uh, if you don't think so, think again. <laughs> there. Uh, will you give that to Emma, please? That's that thank you letter from Herman.
All right, let's stand together and we'll pray and be dismissed. Everybody that's going to stay for the choir practice, please come forward up here so we can all see what we're going to be singing. All right. Uh, Brother Bob, you want to dismiss us this morning? I can do that. Uh, Heavenly Father, it's been so good to be in your house this morning to, to worship you, to praise you, to hear your word explained. We ask that you would be with us as we go around. So what we've heard here this morning we can retain, take with us, and share with the rest of the world. Be with us now and bless us. Keep us safe till tomorrow night and whenever we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.